Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by Johnny McFarlane. On today's pod we'll be discussing the Scott Allen pass that no one seems to have noticed, Zenit St Petersburg's apparent interest in James Forrest and Celtic's Champions League qualifier against Cluj. Now, if ever there was proof that Scottish football Twitter is a unique environment, try typing Scott Allen into it. Two days after Rangers beat Hibs 6-1, all anyone is talking about is the assist for Hibs' goal. At the time, everyone raved about it, then some people wrote about it, and then some people got angry because some people wrote about it. Johnny, you are one of the people who wrote about it. Specifically, you wrote a piece called The Anatomy of Scott Allen's Incredible Assist against Rangers. Explain yourself. Yeah, it's been interesting uh, responding to some of the replies on this. Uh, listen, it's first of all, what I would like to say is a lot of the comment and conjecture around this has been fairly light-hearted. It's not been too um, eviscerating. So uh, we shouldn't get into this the, the sort of mode where we're like, woe is me, journalists getting harassed by people on Twitter. It's been mostly life light-hearted. Um, I think Rangers fans in general are are quite sensitive about these issues. They've been through a lot um, over the the last ten years or so, and now that the team's really coming to the boil and looking good, I think they're they're sensitive to the fact that their team's getting the praise where praise is due. Um, I feel certainly here at Football Scotland, we did that. We've had uh, a match report with uh, takeaways from the game where we praised Rangers to the hilt because they were they were exceptional in the game. We've had Gerard's reaction, we've had fan reaction to Ryan Jack, we've had fan reaction to the result. Um, we've had a piece or a detailed piece looking at how Jordan Jones eviscerated um, Stephen Whitaker uh, down mm-hmm. the left-hand side uh, during the game. And we've had a few other pieces, bits and bobs as well, that we've done. So Rangers have had loads of credit. But for me, I, I'm a football fan first and foremost. Ahead of supporting any team, I love football. That's why I do this job. I gave up an, a job in another career to go into a master's degree in journalism, to come into journalism, because football is something I love. Yeah. And I, I watched that Scott Allen Assis, and for me, it was not what you see every day. Mm-hmm. It was people are saying on Twitter, oh, it's just, you know, it's regular to see a pass like that. It absolutely isn't. And that's just totally disingenuous. Mm-hmm. There was lots of brilliant play by Rangers throughout the game. But that Scott Allen piece of skill was 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 exceptional. And all it is, I think, is people in journalism, I can only speak for myself, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think other people as well, are looking at that and saying, well, that, that deserves comment because it was terrific. Now, did it mean anything to the game? No. But why does that stop us from marvelling at a player who has ability. Yeah. It's, to me, it seems peculiarly Scottish mm-hmm. to, to just be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because it's 6-1 and Scott Allen's useless and, uh, you know, he, he's not good enough to play at Rangers. That's not really the point. The point is, it, it was it was a terrific piece of skill. Um, we're not over-encumbered by great moments in Scottish football. Certainly haven't been in the last few years when it comes to just purely skill driven elements it's not like spanish football where you see a wonderful technical moment every other game mm-hmm. um and and this was was remarkable in yeah. that in that regard now that that's why people are talking about it and and i just find uh, some of the comment um you know it's just a wee bit outside of the spirit of the way i think most people were aiming 
their pieces yeah. on Scott Allen. I think mostly it was just admiration without detracting from Rangers. And I think I said to you upstairs, look, why can't we both say that Scott Allen's piece of skill was terrific and Rangers were brilliant on the day? Yeah. Because both can be true. Yeah, you can think both of those things at the same time. I think if, it is, if an assist is good enough to sort of merit being commented on at the time, then surely the end result of the game is irrelevant. It's either a good assist or it isn't. Do you think we're getting towards a point where people are bringing so much of their own baggage or their own bias to how they, how they interpret pieces like that or read pieces like that, that there needs to be like an asterisk there saying, we're talking about how good this assist is, but of course we realise how good Rangers, how well Rangers played at that point, you know? Uh, you can't get to that stage, to be honest. I, I do think there's an element of this that's a little bit Twitter bubble. You know, mm-hmm. people on Twitter... Um, spot it they highlight it they make fun of it they get angry about it some of them and everyone sort of hypes each other up and what feels like a frenzy but it's not really replicated in the real world mm-hmm. um, but on twitter it's a big deal and um, there was some really funny stuff you know nuko ted took took the total mick out of my article uh, with a, a sort of series of uh, tweets uh, analyzing each moment of an ian black pass which i thought right. was, I was brilliant made me laugh um you know, it was very creative. Great, not a problem. Mm-hmm. As I say, it gave me a smile. So that's all good. Um, but I think, it, to, to answer your point, I don't think we can start to asterisk things. We have to just rely on people being normal and level-headed and sensible about these things. And we have to pitch to people's best intentions almost and, that, and hope that they have the common sense to look at something more broadly than just one piece and, and, and make aspersions about us as individuals or, or the website we work for or the paper we work for based on one thing. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be more nuance than that. Yeah, well, I, I think you're trying to find nuance on Twitter. It's probably the wrong place <laughs> to go for that kind of thing. Um, someone made a, a really good point about it. Not that the Scott Allen assist deserves in a million years to be compared with this other thing that got mentioned, but someone was talking about the, the Archie Gemmell goal famous one for Scotland against Holland. What it was yeah. Arch Gemmell, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So someone someone was talking about that goal and ultimately that goal didn't matter at all in the context of that World Cup. It didn't help Scotland qualify. Um you know, it didn't mean anything really in the context of the tournament. But that hasn't stopped Scotland for forty one years talking about what an amazing goal it was. Obviously no one's comparing a Scott Allen assist in a league game to Arch Gemmell's goal in the World Cup. But the point we were making was Scott Allen's goal didn't mean anything. Eh, Scott Allen's assist didn't mean anything. Arch Gemmell's goal didn't really mean much. But another, people still talk about them. Another example. And before I say it, I stress I'm not comparing mm-hmm. Scott Allen to Pele. <laughs> <laughs> that's, good, that's the takeaway from this yes. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1970 World Cup, um, the thing that I remember when someone tells me, says the name Pele, I think the 1970 World Cup and the moment where a through ball's played through for Pele, the keeper's rushing out, and Pele jumps over the ball, dumbing it, allowing it to go past the keeper, runs around the outside of the keeper. The keeper's in no man's land at this point, gets back to the ball and turns it back towards goal, but it just rolls wide. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a great moment. The outcome was no goal. So yeah. it, 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 there was, in terms of solid outcomes, there wasn't one. But it was a great moment. It was a great moment of skill, of ingenuity on a football pitch, of creativity. And I think most normal people who aren't thinking about the fan 
element of mm-hmm. or, or their own fan tribalism look at moments like that and go like that that that's a great moment um and that you know that that is obviously a lot better than what, what um scott allen did but you know i think we as i said earlier we don't see a lot of incredible moments like like what what we saw with scott allen with that pass it was incredible so that's why people um, people are commenting on it. And listen, I've seen loads and loads of Rangers fans themselves say, look, <laughs> it was an outrageously good pass. Yeah. But Stephen Davis um, had a tremendous assist. People aren't talking about that. And, you know, listen, we only have a finite amount of time to talk about every single individual mm-hmm. element. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Davis, absolutely amazing touch. Drives into the box, stands it up for German Defoe. Terrific. Really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, but um, we can't talk about everything. And no. you tend to talk about the thing that stands out to you most as an individual. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a conspiracy against your club. No. Well, everyone knows the conspiracy against <laughs> Celtic, which is why we're moving on to Celtic just now and trying to unsettle them by talking about one of the best players potentially moving. So, <laughs> we're going to be so popular after yeah, this, aren't we? Well, you know, it's it's your name on the masthead, Johnny. <laughs> Do you have a masthead for a website? No, I don't, I don't know. think so. James Forrest is reportedly the subject of interest from Russian side Zenit St. Petersburg, who are believed to be preparing a 12 million bid for the Celtic winger. Forest manager Neil Lennon said he's another one that we don't want to let go. A big player, a big goal scorer. He's been here a long, long time. He's under contract. There's no confirmation of the Zenit interest. It's just speculation, but it doesn't surprise me. However, from my point of view, we want James here and he's happy here as well. It's important to hold on to your better players. We've already sold one, so we don't want to sell any more. We're looking to add to the squad rather than selling any more of our important players. And James certainly falls into that category. Johnny, do you think there's anything in this story? Well, I think it's interesting that whenever um, a player is linked somewhere, they tend to be with Zenit. We saw Tom Rogic being linked yeah. with Zenit already. Um, it's a sort of convenient agent's club to mm. throw out there because they have lots of money. Um, what I would say is, personally, I'm surprised Celtic wouldn't be interested in having a discussion about James Forrest. Uh, at £12 million. I'll tell you why. Um, from a football sense, you probably wouldn't be. He, he gives Celtic so much. He's added so much to his game. Uh, I haven't particularly been a big James Forrest fan over the years. I've always found him um, to lack the final ball, doesn't score enough goals. That's not um, criticism you could accuse, uh, you could uh, put towards him in the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw how pivotal his goals have been in the last couple of games. The goal against Cluj, which was just... Great moment of individual skill, a great finish. And then against Motherwell, another very tight finish. Uh, and, and goals last year, I think he was 17 or 18 for the season. So mm-hmm. he's definitely improved on those outputs. Um, so from a footballing point of view, you've got a guy who has upped his game, certainly since Brendan Rodgers came in, um, has become a vital part of the team as an experienced player in that dressing room who's won everything. Um, so why would you want to lose that? But at the same time, from a business standpoint, for me, £12 million is a lot of money. He's 28. Every year he gets older now, his value is going to drop a little bit because there is no sell-on value after 28. 29, no sell-on value. Come on, he has two good years at Zenit, he's 31. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, At 28, you could argue you could go to Zenit, have a brilliant season, and then maybe get a move. Highly unlikely, though. Um, so, so I think... Um, this would be their last chance to get that kind of money for the player. Celtic don't need the money. Let's be honest. 
Well, that was going to that's all I think. That was going to be my next question. I think given the sort of windfall from Kieran Tierney's sale, on top of what was already a fairly strong financial situation at Celtic, anyway, mm. do you think that means that guys like Forrest and sort of other key assets like Callum McGregor, if bids like you know twelve million for Forrest come in? Do you think Celtic are now in a kind of luxury position where they can go, we, we don't actually need to take this? I think they were anyway. I mean, their last account showed, I think, £38 million in the balance sheet. So mm-hmm. so they don't, they're never under pressure to sell anyone. They weren't under pressure to sell Kieran Tierney. Yep. They, they probably thought it's a good move for all concerned. It's a great amount of money for us and it's a good move for the kid. So mm-hmm. we're quite happy to, to make that go ahead. Um, but... The overall situation at Celtic in terms of their squad is they've got a lot of players in attacking positions and a lot of players who are you feel like are just on the verge of, of coming through. We've only seen a very small amount of Marion Schwed, mm-hmm. but he was very, very impressive. I was really taken by him. Great shot, very direct. Now, I believe he's most comfortable on the right, cutting in on his left foot and, and crashing shots in. So that would be James Forrest's position. They've got Lewis Morgan, who's a very talented player. He's not had a great start to the season, but I like Lewis Morgan. He's already a Scotland international, and I think he'll be more than good enough to to do the, the business for Celtic in the, Premier, in the Premiership. So they have got talent there, We're just waiting to come through. Yeah. Do you think Forrest personally would have his head turned by this kind of move? They're talking 70 grand a week. He's maybe want to move to get away from you. Well, that's, that's <laughs> he wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Is there a Russian old form fax? Well, there soon will be if James Forrest signs for saying it. Um, Forrest's goal against Motherwell on Saturday that made him the first Celtic player since Paul McStay to score in eleven consecutive seasons for the club. Do you think whenever he does leave the club, whether it's short term or long term, he'll be remembered as fondly as the likes of Paul McStay? I think so. I think so. You, you, you only look at the, the trophy haul that he's got. I mean, just in the last three seasons alone, he's won nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how many trophies he's got, but he must be one of the most trophy-laden players in the history of Celtic. And uh, anyone who's won that amount of silverware is going to be revered and thought of as a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think there was a lot of Celtic fans that really liked James Forrest. I, I think my uh, assessment of him in previous seasons was... was I was in the minority. But certainly now, people recognise how important he is to the squad. I had a wee look on social media just to see what the reaction was uh, to this bid uh, or this you know, interest. And, and the vast majority of Celtic fans, vast majority were saying, absolutely, under no circumstances can we sell this player. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a testament to how important he's become to the team. He's become a leader. And uh, I don't see any reason why that would uh, not continue. Okay, and it was Forrest, obviously, who scored that vital away goal against Cluj. Celtic take on Cluj in the second leg of their Champions League third qualifying round tonight. They drew one all in that first leg. It means Celtic have a vital away goal and they'll be high in confidence after that emphatic 5-2 win over Motherwell at the weekend. Johnny, how do you see tonight's game going? I think it's going to be... A fairly tight game, but I fully expect Celtic to win. I think Cluj are well-organised, well-drilled by Dan Petrescu, who, as a manager, whenever I've seen his teams, they've always been pretty impressive in terms of their organisation and, the, and the way they're set up. Um, so I think it'll be a tough game, but I think that they have enough firepower to get through maybe 2-0. My, my only concern for Celtic, because, as I say, they have players who are firing in the forward areas, 
is that they could get caught at the back like they did in the first leg. It was a very, very rapid counter-attack by Cluj and Bolly Bolingoli was caught out in terms of position, his positioning. And there's a sort of war sort of going on on social media between people who are, who are saying ball and ball and goalie already, we don't like the look of this guy. Mm-hmm. And people who are saying, well, look at what he gives in terms of his attacking outputs. He needs to have time to sort of adjust to the, the Celtic style of play, Scottish football. I'm, I'm in that camp, personally. Mm-hmm. I've, I've said from the beginning, I think he looks to me like he could become Rangers, uh, uh, Celtic's version of James Tavernier. Mm-hmm. But I think he has a lot of work to do on his defensive uh, side of his game uh, they will have to be very very careful that someone from the midfield is just keeping an eye on that left side and dropping back if necessary to cover because Cluj will definitely target that there's no doubt about it they've had joy in the first game they obviously targeted it then and there's been nothing to suggest that uh, goalie has quite put all the pieces of his game together for Celtic yet mm-hmm. Um to the stage that, that Dan Petrescu would see him as anything other than a potential weakness in the side. I think he's got a long way to go. And I think that's why you're seeing so much uh, paper talk with regards to a potential left-back coming in yep. alongside him. In terms of Celtic's approach tonight, obviously, if you know, as it stands, Celtic are going through thanks to that way goal. But we've seen how much Celtic... We've seen a reminder of what we already knew about Celtic in the first couple of weeks of this season, that attacking... When they're in full flight, they can be really ruthless, as they've shown in the first couple of league games this season. Do you think it'll be a case for Lennon of just setting them up to try and get out there and finish this tie off? I think it's always going to be a balance in European games, but Lennon himself will know that the defence is a little shaky. And listen, he, he would have known that because it doesn't take rocket scientists to look at that squad and go, right, we've got a new left-back who's, who's coming from Austria. We've got a new centre-back who's coming from France, and we've got a new right-back who's come from Israel. So it's three different nationalities, all new to Scottish football, all new to this level of club. None of them have come from a club the size of Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a lot of factors there in terms of bedding them in. So for him, I think he will have looked at this and said, we need to really go on the front foot and attack them mm-hmm. and, and put this to bed. Because if we don't, if we try and play a tentative game a controlled game, then something could quite easily go wrong. I think you look at the way um, Rangers are playing, they've got a more settled defensive unit. I think they've got the ability to control a little bit more. Celtic, I think, just for just now, because once these players settle in, or even if you had Samunovic and Ayer at the back um, starting, I don't know if Samunovic is going to be fit, actually, Mm that would give them that solid defensive base where they could start thinking about controlling the game a little bit more. I think they have to go hammer and tongs at Cluj and really, really try and take them on and, and just show the quality they have middle to front because, I mean, 12 goals, it says it all. They have been really, really impressive going forward. Um, and I've got to say, I, I'm one of the guys that was a little bit doubtful about Neil Lennon coming back to Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel... I've always felt he's a really good manager and I've always felt that he would improve Celtic's European performances because he is more of a pragmatist than Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But when he was talking about making Celtic more direct, I think I, I was sort of looking at that and, and, and rolling my eyes a little bit and thinking this is going to be a little bit of a backward step yeah. given the way that they've been knocking the ball about. It's been such a good um, watch. But really, to be honest, he's, he's been right. He's varied up Celtic's attack and play 
and they look all the stronger for it mm-hmm. so far. Um, so he's got that spot on. Do you think Celtic have, you know, assuming they can come through tonight's game, they've obviously then got a fourth qualifier to take care of as well. But yeah. do you think Celtic have the quality and the strength and depth to really make a fist of it in the group stage this no. season? No, I don't. No, I mean, oh, listen, the caveat to that was it depends absolutely on the draw. But we've seen uh, Scottish football, uh, what's happened in Scottish football over the last 30 years with Rangers and Celtic at the top and the rest trailing behind. That's gone uh, and been replicated all throughout Europe. This brutal polarisation that has taken place, the haves and the have-nots, and that gap seems to be getting wider and wider. And unfortunately, clubs like Celtic, clubs like Porto, um, (laughs) up until last season, like Ajax, have really, really struggled to pull together the quality that allows them to to punch at their weight as mm-hmm. a big European, you know, a great European traditional club. Yeah. And, and and I don't see that really changing because when you have a club like um, Fulham last year were able to spend $100 million after getting promoted and they still went down in the Premier League, that shows you the level of finances that, that, that are required to, to punch your weight at the top level and... Always in the Champions League, you're going to get two really, really big hitters. Mm-hmm. And almost always, the quality inherent in those squads is going to be too much for a team like Celtic um, to, to cope with. It's It'll be really tough, but you, you never know. You could, get, you could get a good draw. Okay, and what's your prediction for tonight's score? Uh, I'm going to go for 2-0. 2-0 Celtic. 2-0 Celtic. Okay, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Old Firm Facts one and Johnny on... At Johnny R. McFarlane. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.